everyone. Welcome to the Booze and Boobs podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Katrina. Thanks for joining us today as we talk about some of our favorite horror movies. We created this podcast as a way to give women more of a voice in horror. Men dominate most industries, especially film and television. And that also goes for podcasts. We'll focus on female characters, motivations, or just expectations placed on women in horror, even if the situation is happening to a man. We're excited you're here and we hope you love it. Now let's get to today's movie. We are strictly doing Halloween as an episode because it's Halloween. <laughs> so, man. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Mike, can we please go back to When a Stranger Calls? I had so much more fun with that. Well, I think having two in a row that are not like in our top favorites, you know, is good for us. Makes us grow as creators to do things outside of what we like. Step outside. I'm tired of of growing. I'm done growing. I've been (laughs) growing for like three years. I've done a lot of internal work, and apparently that's not enough for some people. So I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too dang bad. (laughs) I think that that was a pretty good way to start. I mean, what is halloween about if it's not about never being too able to escape your problems (laughs) yeah Uh, halloween for adults now is just escaping real world problems by creating a fantasy and drinking too much oh you've uh called out my book characters (laughs) thanks for that oh you're welcome i'm a very simple woman that's a lie Oh, you think I'm complex? I do. You think I'm deep? I never said that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can... I can summarize if you want. Summarize away. Oh, boy. So the format of this episode, what we discussed doing is giving a brief summary of the original Halloween, the one that started it all. But... This episode will primarily focus on the 2018 Halloween. I think that it's a better movie, and I would rather talk about that. Agreed. I think that there's more to talk about that. Not that I want this episode to be two hours long. I was super thrilled. Friday the 13th, hour 15, and out by. <laughs> I, think- I think we could have done the 1978 Halloween in like 15 minutes and been done. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I'll raise that. Here's the summary. Little boy kills sister. Little boy goes to rehab. Little boy becomes a man. Man escapes rehab. Man goes back home to the house where he killed his sister. Kills more people. Is shot and escapes the end. Beautiful. I missed nothing. You And I I truly think you could have done it in less words if you tried. (laughs) But it was perfect. I I wanted to give the appropriate summary for Halloween 1978. And I was watching it knowing that you weren't going to love it. This, gosh, October episodes are just, 
us discussing the cornerstones of horror. Uh, yeah, horror. I mean, I guess I was going to say modern horror. I guess we've taken a few shifts from that, but obviously without Halloween and Friday the 13th, the horror we know today wouldn't exist. Yeah. So props to them for that. Um, Thank you. Next. Adapt and move on. Tell me what you did like about Halloween 1978. You know that TikTok where it's like, you can't say something nice and you're like, I'm finding it. Is it that hard? <laughs> yes. I'm finding <laughs> it. I'm finding right it. I, don't I mean, there know. has overall, to be something. Come on. Okay. I will say overall, I think that the character of Michael Myers was simple, but effective. You know, like he's kind of this other thing that people don't understand and that makes him scary but he's also like doesn't have emotion is bold but he's not stupid and I think that if they like I like that they didn't make him like stupid you know like they did make him like he uses you know he sets props up he puts you know he has thought to certain things we just don't know what it is he has a little so I did like that Mm-hmm. Like the headstone over the dead girl, which uh, had to have been very heavy. That's the thing I'm- about Michael Myers to me. Um, this is very similar to the Friday the 13th movies where I know that there's like a ton of them and they kind of have their own timelines. I have not seen them all. Um, but I... Michael Myers is just, of course, the powerhouse. He can't be killed. Um, I have not seen Halloween Ends. I kept meaning to, but then I just did it. I did see Halloween Kills, and, like, the whole thing is that, like, he can't die. I think he's, like, supposed to die. Like, die, die in Halloween Ends. But then I saw something on Twitter this week that A24 and Miramax were, like, in a bidding war over the rights to Halloween. So I'm like, Michael Myers, he can't die. Like, well, at this point, there's too much money in it for them to truly kill him. Yeah. So, like, um, as a character, that's kind of interesting. I was thinking when I was watching the original, <sighs> I have problems with it too, but we'll get there. We're trying to focus mm-hmm. on the positive right now. Um, after Lori stabs him upstairs and he's laying outside of the closet and she's like crouched behind him, and you have like the iconic Michael Myers, he just gets up he just regenerates somehow yeah literally i think you put that in your notes it's like he gets just gets killed and then regenerates i don't know i'm like uh hello it's so funny i mean uh so nick castle played michael myers in the original um a super low budget movie uh we've already talked about how it's super iconic and changed the landscape of horror so i mean tons of respect john carpenter is a horror master so i can't you know say anything really about him not all john carpenter movies are like my taste but i can recognize the craft in it um but i was just thinking i was like nick castle must have had some abs because the way he just sits up and i'm like i gotta push myself up and and like wiggle away 
Oh, like, did they weigh down his ankles? Because I would have been over there like a like a turtle trying to. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and I'm like, does he? Is there a gym in the psychiatric ward that he's in? Like, what's his workout regime? And I think I saw something where Nick Castle was like five eleven, but Michael Myers is obviously like seven feet mm-hmm. tall. <laughs> so I'm just like, hmm, movie magic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking like, what. In the new one, like, he's, in the 2018 version, he's basically, like, what, 61 now? Something <laughs> like that, because in the he first was movie, six. he was six, and then it's 15 years later, so 21. 21. So, yeah, 40 years later, 61. And I'm like, for a 61-year-old man, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's really doing and it. I, and I googled like why is Michael Myers so strong and like there's so many like different lores out there you know oh he's possessed by a demon or he's you know because of his mental state he doesn't feel pain or emotions so he's able to use his full ability and I I don't know because like you said with the Friday the 13th like the movies kind of don't always align like whereas Lori is not his sister in Halloween and Halloween 2018 but in some of the other ones I think that she is mm-hmm. so I'm like, I was wondering when they made that comment in the 2018 I was like does, does Katrina even know about the lore I think I see and I've seen Halloween too okay so I have seen the original Halloween Halloween 2, um, I turned off the Rob Zombie Halloween, which I talked about in the Friday the 13th episode because of, like, the gerbil stuff, so, like, I couldn't handle it. So, I, I, that's the only one I've seen of that. And then I've seen Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. So, that is the only timeline I'm... that I have real reference for, but I think in Halloween 2, they might say something about Lori being his sister but it also could be later i do want to see i am more inclined to see more of the halloween movies than i am the friday the 13th movies um i like danielle harris and i know that she's like really big in like some of the later halloween movies so it's it's one of those things where it's like if i ever got around to watching it i might enjoy it but it's not like my cup of tea yeah i I I really enjoyed the tw- the 2018 version more than I thought it would because after watching the original Halloween I was like oh I got to do this again but I did enjoy it and I was like okay thank god cuz I was like I don't know if I could do this. Well before we get into Halloween 2018 we talked about what we did like about the original Halloween. Tell me let's let's get into it. What did you not like? Let's go. I didn't like it, it was similar to the, like, Friday the 13th, where, like, all of the action happens in the last 15 to 20 minutes, basically. You know, there's no tension, there's no suspense, because nobody knows that there's a killer running around doing all of these things. Except and, Dr. Loomis. Right, which he, his face pops up every, like, 20 minutes of him just standing outside the house like this. <laughs> his character I think the doctor's character could have been more developed 
Um, I did like what they did with the doctor's character in the 2018, which we'll talk about, but um, I think it's Michael Myers is so not subtle. Like he's just standing there like this and people see him all the time, but I'm like, nobody is, I get it's a scary movie. They don't know they're in the scary movie, but. Well, my issues with the first movie mostly come into technicalities like the scene where the three girls are walking home after school and they're walking down the sidewalk. Like we watched them walk down the entire sidewalk. And I was like, okay, this will transition us into someplace else. But nope, we just catch a different angle from them walking on the other side. And I was like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Um, there, like you mentioned, I know that there's a lot of lore with Michael Myers, but I'm just not interested. They don't explore it in any of the movies I've seen. Now, if they're doing that in those other movies, fine for them. But I've seen like five of them and I don't know what this man is doing. No. And and I think that's like what the doctor is supposed to be doing is like... Oh, kind of explaining it for him. Like, oh, this is his diagnosis. This is what... But, like, you don't even know. But they they go over nothing supernatural at all. The only comparison in the first one... I mean, and they mentioned it in the Halloween 2018 is the reference to the Boogeyman. Which, if it was a Boogeyman movie personified in the spirit of Michael Myers then I think that would be a game changer. Like if the first scene of the movie, the original had been like voices whispering to little Michael Myers. And then the next day is Halloween and he's like possessed to kill his sister. And the the boogeyman spirit stays with him his whole life. That would be very interesting, but it's not. And also I'm super technical. Um, The, (laughs) six-year-old child who is a little guy and the seven-foot-tall vantage point of him killing his sister and like the pure like I get that Michael Myers has like strength beyond belief like that's just like his thing is his like invincibility but I'm like he's still six years old and he's short so the thing that I thought was like funny that I caught was as he's stabbing his sister right like we're seeing through the little eye holes in the original and then it's basically he's looking like this because all we see is like the knife moving in front of the eye holes and I'm like why is he not looking at her (laughs) I will make a joke about that is like it's the signature Michael Myers move to do like the little head tilt so he was just tilting his head so he could see the knife going. <laughs> He's like, I like to watch the knife, not who I'm stabbing. Apparently. That's why he doesn't care about who he's killing. He kills everyone. He just wants to watch it go down. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, okay, sure. Also, like, did the parents have no inclination that they had a psychopath on their hands? I mean, he's well, six years old. If the boogeyman spirit had infected him the night before maybe they wouldn't have i don't know but i feel like he had never spoken a word 
beforehand. So I feel like he was nonverbal his whole life. I don't know if they said anything about him not speaking before the murder. I know that that was kind of a running point in Halloween 2018 is that the doctor Mm -hmm. really wanted um, him to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess should we just get into Halloween 2018 and we can just kind of make our comparisons and do everything through that a yep. uh, quick summary obviously we've already talked about spoilers but it's halloween so it, it's been around long enough if you haven't seen it by now it's not my fault um halloween 2018 is a requel so we pretend that halloween 2 through however many there are don't exist um and it is obviously an older Lori played by Jamie Lee Curtis and her family life and relationships are very strained. Uh, She is clinging to the trauma of being one of Michael Myers victims. She lives basically in a safe house and she's very aware of any and all dangers. And of course this Halloween night, Michael Myers escapes his, like transfer situation i'm like okay if he's been here for however long why are we transferring him like we apparently are good but he's being transferred and uh of course something goes wrong michael myers goes back to his hometown of haddonfield illinois and starts killing people all over again indiscriminately so then uh, we get to a really cool scene at the very end where Michael Myers maybe or maybe not lives to hunt another day. The end. The end. The podcast is over. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Thank we'll you see for you guys listening. Next month. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I did really, really like this. Um, I think it's a well done movie. Uh, David Gordon Green is the director and he and Danny McBride, AKA fucking Kenny powers wrote the script. And that's just (laughs) insane, but they're, they're a really good duo. I think David Gordon green did the new exorcist movie that just came out too, but I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I did. You did. Mm -hmm. Is it good? I thought it was good. Okay. Don't tell me anything. I like the nun more. Well, who doesn't? The nun is great. You ready to get into it? Yeah, Katrina wants to start it. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go, girls. Dun, dun. Dun. <laughs> oh, side note. <laughs> side note before we start. No more. Is, um, I have talked about the podcast to several of my new Bumble BFF people. So hopefully we are getting some listens. All right. So Halloween 2018, we open up in a psychiatric rehab facility called Smith's Grove. And the doctor is just talking to the patients about how they slept. Nothing too crazy. Um, But we see a journalist. I don't know if they're a couple or not, but it's a man and a woman. 
and I they're got, coming in. I got vibes that like they've at least hooked up. Yeah, they they've had intimate moments, I would say, but they don't go into detail on any of it. Mm-hmm. They're uh, colleagues. <laughs> Um, so they're in there to try and interview Michael Myers, who's been there for 40 years. So that's where we get our, he's 61 now. Um, and we get the storyline of, well, you better do it now because he's going to be transferred to a really poor facility called like Glass Hill because Michael Myers has been there for 40 years and the research is, the state doesn't want to pay for him anymore because they're not getting anything out of him, I guess. And we get the sense that the doctor is very obsessed with Michael's case. He talks about all the things he's read. He crazy too. Yeah, Dr. What's his name? Sartain? Is that his name? Something like that. Uh, I wanna... Dr. Sartain mentions how he was a student of Dr. Loomis, who was the original doctor for the Halloween movies. And at the time, um, he was like the biggest star that was in the movie. So that's why he gets like first billing and everything. Um, so this new doctor was obsessed with Michael's case. He said that he lobbied the University of Illinois to be placed in care of Michael Myers. He really wanted to study him. And he's been with him for years and years and years and years and years. So he's very attached to the case um kind of in a little bit of a feminine way wouldn't you say like the yeah obsession he kind of he takes on a caring role you know because he's very concerned about michael's well-being of him going to this other facility because he he talks about oh he they get fresh sunshine and well taken care of here and he's like i don't know how they're they're going to treat him over in that hole of a place. And then later on, he even like escorts him on the bus. So, so well, yeah. he's caring about his well being and things like that. But he's also, you know, creating a relationship with him and Michael Myers. And we see that because, of course, Michael Myers has to escape. So, you know, follow the formula. The doctor has to run around and try and find him and things like that. Um, but he's trying to get Michael to speak to him. He wants to form a relationship. He wants to have a breakthrough. He wants something that no one's ever been able to have before. And while I wouldn't say that, like, all of these traits are strictly feminine, I think they're assigned to femininity more often. Because mm-hmm. even when men are obsessed with something, there's still, like, a level of detachment but this is very, very intense. So it just kind of reminded me of that. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And he kind of created, it seems like like this is his life. Like he has other patients and everything, but like Michael Myers is his life. Me too. Not me. But um, so the doctor takes the journalist out to this I'm going to guess is where they get their sunshine and air, but it's like a concrete floor area, like an open area. And all the patients are like chained to a concrete block with like a yellow square tape around them. So it's like, you're getting your sunshine, but sunshine, but you're, you're not 
you're not safe. <laughs> like you're not safe enough to just roam around. Yeah, it's it's very cold. Yeah. And by the looks of who the other patients are, this is a very high level, probably high security facility where everyone's kind of just off their rockers. So Yeah, because even the doctor says, you know, oh, tie your shoelaces because the guy with the umbrella has a really big affliction with those things and he will freak out. But I don't know. I kind of had a problem with how they were trying to like approach him, which I mean, it's Michael Myers. Like he doesn't care, obviously. (laughs) Michael Myers don't give a fuck. He he is the definition of I don't give a fuck. Um, So Aaron, the male journalist, takes like he introduces himself and like steps toes up to the yellow line and i'm like that's bold um and then takes out michael myers's mask and bum, is like trying and it's like i know you know it, it you can feel it like taunting him and michael Myer- michael never turns around he, he just stands there he stands there there is like one scene where he like kind of shifts like like he's about yeah. to turn his head to look over his shoulder but michael myers is really just like a presence so whatever is around him the information just soaks into him yeah so he's like i that's mine and then but all the other patients start freaking out screaming the dog is barking like they can sense i feel like something in michael was like churning and like the mood changed and he just he just kept yelling, like, say something, say something. And I'm like, he's not going to. I mean, but he could have walked around to the front of the circle and met him face to face. But we have never, like, really seen Michael Myers like that. In the first one, Lori pulls off his mask and we get, like, a little bit of shadow, but it's pretty quick. So, like, we can see that there is a face, but it's not, like, we don't ever get, like, a reveal did you know, and I'm just asking because of you, do you know what the Halloween mask is? No, I'm, I'm assuming it's skin, but maybe it's somebody's face. It's it, like like the prop. It's mm-hmm. um, a William Shatner Star Trek mask. Really? That's what it originally was in like painted and things like that. So oh. that's originally what it was. So interesting. We wouldn't be a Halloween podcast if we, or well, we wouldn't be doing an episode about Halloween if we didn't put that fact in there. So, (laughs) yeah. So basically, after he just yells, say something at him a bunch of times, we get the title screen and the music. Oh my God. And that's the opening scene. The first Halloween, it's like every. 10 seconds it's like and i was like wait a minute is there anything else but i thought that the way that the 2018 used the score they would make it like higher pitch lower pitch they'd like slow it down and i'd be like um i see what you're doing there but the first one they're just like we got one song that we can use and the director like he composed it because he was just like yeah I, I remember my, what I didn't like about it. Um, 
is like when I was watching the 1978 version, I had the volume a hundred percent, like, and I could barely make out what they were like. I could hear the like discussion a little bit, but then as soon as like the music came on, I was like, Ugh. "What app were you watching it, was, it on?" Um, I watched it on Crackle, and no. there were a few conversations that I was like, "What?" So I didn't know if it was the same one. No, it was uh, not maybe it was Freebie or something like that. I wish I would have watched it on Freebie. I like Freebie the most. Oh, I like Tubi too. I don't know. It was no, it wasn't Freebie. It was uh, it was something I had to download, but it wasn't Crackle. I don't remember, but I do know like the conversations. The volume was so low, but the music was so high that it was very distracting. And I'm like, if I didn't have subtitles, I'd have no idea what's going on right now. So now we're getting into the real movie. We follow the podcasters. I don't even know what the girl's name is. I I just say the female journalist because I've never heard her name throughout this whole thing. Well, we are a feminist podcast. Halloween 2018. Also, that girl is hot. She is. So I'm going to name her. Uh, can we give a shout out to Judy Greer? Anything she's in, she's amazing. Dana. I did know that. Dana. Dana and Aaron. That. Yes. Dana and Aaron are our podcasters. Um, not to be confused with Rachel and Katrina, who are better podcasters, much more entertaining, and we do not go around taunting serial killers. We have boundaries. And common sense. Well, so we're with Aaron and Dana at a secluded house. They're outside of a gate in their car talking about how they need the other side of the story. And they're talking about how they're going to gain access to this house, which we learn is where Lori Strode lives, our finalist, final girl. And Dana gives Aaron an envelope of money and Aaron says journalists don't pay for their interviews and Dana like gives them this little look and then they do, <laughs> they do the little call box thing and they tell Lori that they're there they want information and Lori's like no and then Dana's like how about three thousand dollars and then they get buzzed in and I'm like as she should <laughs> hey get your money I'm like yeah girl I get it so we see Lori unlocking the several locks on her door and then they're having the conversation. The crux of it is the podcasters want to humanize Michael Myers and Lori's like, why? He's evil. Mm -hmm. He's bad. And they think that they're getting a leg up on Lori to be like, well, they're transferring him to her. And she's like, yeah, 7 a.m. Yeah. And like you think that she has all the security and she's not gonna know his schedule? Mm-hmm. Whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if she had hacked into like the camera feed and she had her own thing mm-hmm. set up. Dana and Aaron kind of break it down. They change their tactics, which is good because they're talking to like an actual human being who is a victim. And they're trying to get her side of the story. They suggest putting Michael and Lori in a room together that 
Lori will be able to tell Michael everything that she's been holding back and then she'll finally be able to let go of the past. And Lori, with her whole chest, is like, get the fuck out of my house. Mm -hmm. Because, duh. And the podcasters bring up how Lori has been twice divorced. Her daughter was taken away uh, from with social services. And she's like, how did you get her back? Or how did you regain custody? And Lori's like, I didn't. But I'm sure you already knew that. So yeah, Why their are tactics trying... are just so off, like for both sides of them. I mean, they're interesting characters. Like I enjoy the time that we're with the podcasters because it's not yeah. for very long. Mm-hmm. But very yeah. interesting. I would never, especially going into somebody's house and be like, yo, Lori, why are you so fucked up? <laughs> well, and it's like, if you know this information, like, what are you trying to coax, like, goat out of her? Like, you're not learning anything new by asking those things. You're just pissing her off. Exactly. Like, especially to go after her family. Like, oh, and here's also the thing is, so Lori Strode is in Halloween 2, I think Halloween H2, like, she's in some of the other movies but she's not in all of them but because this is a requel it's a little confusing what pieces of the timeline like would be considered canon in this universe and what wouldn't Mm -hmm. because like they're saying michael myers isn't her brother in this story but it does that mean that nothing else exists because it 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 gives you pause to think, you know, even the one night that Lori suffered with Michael would probably be enough to, like, fuck you up forever. But if you would also consider the several other instances where they've been circling around each other for a lifetime, and you want to go into this lady's house and be like, so you have problems making personal connections. And it's like, okay the sky is blue what the fuck yeah i don't get it but they are not successful and she does get her money so good for her yeah it's like a long take where Lori stands up goes unlocks her door opens it looks outside and she's like get out and she holds her hand out and she's like i'll accept my payment i'm like good for you girl i take that three day she promised nothing like she didn't promise like a minimum amount of information. So like, yeah, pay or pay up or shut up or both actually pay up and shut up. <laughs> That's what you should so, have named this scene. Okay. I, I didn't these. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. Katrina it, for the first movie, she did a few scene names and they were really fantastic. And then I kept scrolling and she stopped. Then she watched <laughs> Halloween 2018. I was excited to see nothing. What do I get? Nothing. Well, here's my thing. I struggled with this movie more than others to kind of like split scene to scene because like this movie, I feel like just flows a lot and there's really not a lot of like cut and dry. Okay, this is the next scene. This is the next scene. So I was like, and in my defense, it's also the first time watching it through. Okay. 
It's okay. So I I will do better on the next movie, which we don't know what that is yet. That's what I was going to say. I was like, uh, it's like, if you want to spoil that for me, what is it going to be? We'll see. We'll see. Um, But we cut to Karen, Ray, and Allison, which we learn is Karen is Lori's daughter. Ray is Karen's husband. And Allison is the granddaughter of Lori or Karen's daughter. Um, and Allison is talking about her boyfriend and that they're gonna meet Cameron and Ray. I don't know, I don't really like Ray. He's kind of like insignificant to this movie to me. And he's just like, blech. He's like a fun dad, and he's got this weird obsession with setting the mouse traps, but then he like spills peanut butter on himself. And he's like, I got peanut butter on my penis. And I'm like, it's not that it's not like funny and it's not that it's inappropriate but when it's like your wife and your teenage daughter are the only audience that you have I'm just like it's weird yeah he's just a he's a weird guy like for all the trauma my father gave me honestly I cannot ever recall him mentioning his penis so no good good for you dad the only time I remember it is when they were telling a funny story of like when my oldest sister was really young I guess like she was in the bathroom on the toilet or something and my dad stepped out of the shower and she didn't know any better and she just went yank who did <laughs> Faye oh my <laughs> god <laughs> and so from then on my dad looked both ways before exiting a shower after that because <laughs> He was traumatized. Now, see, my brother, he would, like, run up the stairs and then, like, moon all of us. Oh, my God. So, I'm like, okay. But I feel like that's way different than a parent. Brothers are gross. Yeah. Brothers are gross. So, it's it's a really quick scene where we're just getting some family dynamics. The family seems Mm -hmm. pretty put together. They're going to meet the boyfriend. We got a little bit of humor to break the tension. And now right. we're going to follow Allison to school. Yeah. So we meet Cameron, which is her boyfriend. Gross. And oh, uh, I literally? Yeah. At the same time that I said gross, Rachel went, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's funny because in Katrina's notes, um, so Cameron and Allison, like, they're kissing in the hallway. And then, like, the funny fat friend pops up and he's like, oh, you guys make me want to barf. And Katrina's note was like, sounds like Rachel. And I'm like, I, at first I was offended, but now I see your point. Because, <laughs> okay, uh, side note, on the cruise, I had to text my wife through Rachel's phone because Rachel had the only like Wi-Fi connection service. And she'd always be like, ugh, your wife gross or something like that. She always had to come in, but it's fine. She'll it's okay. I, I kept all the messages that you and Yuri sent. So if you ever do make me mad one day, I'll You're expose weird. your love. <laughs> no, not the love with my wife. Uh, but... Like, Go we go to, um, I almost said Lori, but we see Allison in English class. And it's kind of a throwback reference to the 1978 where Lori was in the back of the English class and first sees Michael Myers. 
But when Allison looks out the window, she sees her grandma outside. And I'm like, creeper? Well, I think that that's very interesting. Like, of course, it's a reference shot and it's cool. But how when we see Michael Myers at first, we're all like, in the first movie, we're all like unsettled. And we're like, oh, what is that? This is so weird. We're seeing some creepy man standing outside. But now when we see Lori, I'm like, that's a motherfucking badass. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like I'm safe. If Lori's around, I'm good. Yeah. As she may be crazy, but she's a badass. Well, and then that takes us to like the next scene. So Allison goes out to see Lori. I don't know if it's like free period or something. They're standing out by like the football field. And Lori gives Allison that envelope of cash from the podcasters. And Allison's like, I can't take this. And Lori's like, take it. And Lori breaks it down to Allison that college is useless. Like the real horrors of the world are out there. And I'm like, true. And she's like, go to Mexico. Wouldn't that be nice? And Allison's like, can't you just imagine it? And Lori's like, I can and I think it's because Lori, through her trauma, like, she is so frightened to go anywhere or do anything. And she's in constant survival mode, constant panic. She's always worried about her family. So she can imagine it, but she could never feel safe going anywhere, doing anything because of all of the things that could happen. And it, it's it's a really real moment. But then Allison is kind of harping on Lori to get over it and her relationship with her Lori's relationship with her daughter ergo her relationship with her granddaughter is very strange like can't you just like let this all go like for us like we've had all this stuff and Lori is like if your mom has a way that uh, a problem with the way that I raised her but it left her prepared and she can handle situations that's fine by me I'm like like it's a very real conversation and while there's drama to it and it's heightened and everyone calls Lori like the crazy lady who's always so scared about everything guess who ended up being proven right so now who's to say she wasn't overboard for so long and maybe she could have ended up having the same result with less intense methods but it worked so good for her yeah Yeah, and I thought it was kind of like bold of Allison to like be that forward with her grandmother and I was like good for her because could not be me well I think because in, in the first kitchen scene Allison asked Karen if she had invited her grandma to this dinner that they're going to have that night where Mm -hmm. the parents are going to meet the boyfriend. It's a celebration because Allison got into the national honor society. So Allison wanted her grandma there. Like she's in town close enough. Like they have a relationship with each other and Karen's like, yeah, I did. Um, but she's not going to be able to make it. And Allison basically calls her on her bullshit, but Allison and Lori, they do have this relationship. So I think probably by the nature of them not having a typical relationship, like they're probably not like, you know, baking cookies at mm-hmm. Christmas together or doing anything like that. Like their relationship probably is just super direct and cut and dry because there's no room for all of the fluff. Yeah. So I think it works 
Yeah, I agree. So after that, we see Lori practicing at her gun range, uh, just being an overall badass and showing all the guns that she has. Yeah, and then the scene where she's cleaning her guns and doing her little drill, she's wearing a tank top, and I thought that was very Sarah Connor of her. <laughs> in the next scene, um, in the background, we hear like an interview with like a doctor about Michael Myers. Do you know the... I think it's with the Dr. Loomis, right? Yeah. Okay. Look at me go. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was like they used like deleted dialogue and things like that to recreate it being the actual actor. I don't think it was AI, but that's why it's like a huge deal because Dr. Loomis is probably a bigger presence in Halloween than Lori beyond Michael Myers, of course. So it was a really beautiful homage to include him in that. Carry on. I almost stopped. No, you're fine. Um, so we hear an interview with Dr. Loomis in the background talking about, you know, just kill him. It needs to die. So really just kind of giving the framework of this doctor doesn't really view Michael Myers as a person, just as like a monster, basically. Um, I wonder why. Yeah. And we see all of these patients getting loaded up to be transferred and um michael myers is new doctor dr sartain 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 um he consoles michael like like he needs it don't worry i'll be by your side and he decides he's gonna ride the bus with him because my job isn't done until he's in somebody else's care which i was like okay, okay sure but then later on, i'm like mm, i see what you did there virgin And then from a distance, like, it, like, zooms out, and Lori is watching the bus drive away, and, like, she screams, and I'm like, I can just, like, you can sense the frustration in it, because she later talked about how, like, she just wanted to kill him right then and there. So, the restraint she had for that. Um, But we finally get to dinner with Karen... Ray, Allison, and Cameron, and they're just shooting the shit, talking about random things, talking about how they're going to be Bonnie and Clyde for their costume party. Um, we were and Al- said Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, anyways, it wouldn't be a booze and boobs podcast without Rachel making a Taylor Swift reference. I've already talked about her. Well, you know what? I'll talk about her again. So the limit does not <laughs> exist. Um. Allison kind of like tests her mom and says, oh, is grandma coming? And of course she lied. And then Lori shows up, chugs some of the wine, and is kind of just having like a little bit of a freak, like a panic moment, just kind of like rambling. And they're like, "Uh, can we just not do this right now? But all she talks about is Michael Myers, because that's all that she really can talk about, it seems like. Oh my god, is Taylor Swift my Michael Myers? Oh my god. No, because that would make you Lori. And? Taylor Swift has never tried to kill you. That is not true. (laughs) That is not true. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to leave it at that. 
So Karen's just trying to get her to like chill and like just be normal because that's all she's really ever wanted is like a normal mom. Don't we all? I'm just kidding. Normal moms would be boring. Um, so Lori just ends up like running out of the restaurant, which I'm like, okay, fair enough. She tried. She was there. She arrived. That was effort. I'm proud of her for that. Um, but then we kind of get like a little bit of a peek into like Karen's childhood talking about how she had to learn how to fight and shoot a gun at the age of eight years old. And I'm like, honestly, it just sounds like you live in rural America. But after all that drama, we cut to another strained father-son relationship. Another um, one. <laughs> DJ Khaled. No. We the best. Get... Podcast. I'm kidding. Uh, we podcast. <laughs> so we see a father and a son on their way on like a hunting trip and the little boy is basically telling his dad like bro I'm missing dance class for this and I'd much rather be doing that and the dad's like is do you really like dance class that much that you would rather do that than hunting and fishing and he's like uh, yeah and I really like that the dad wasn't like a jerk about it I thought and it was, I was like, a very healthy avenue of communication and this kid I mean he can't like be eight, any older ten. than yeah I was like absolutely no older than 12 but like 10 I think is very accurate very communicative and 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 he's like dad I really love spending time with you and I and I'm fine to go hunting on the weekends or something but like I also want to do the things I'm interested in and the dad like was like okay and I'm like oh as what it was nice because like as short of a time as we get with them (laughs) like you you're like oh this is like a cute little father-son relationship you know they're just a normal family so you kind you kind of care about them um but then it turns out they're in a horror movie so that can't last long um they come across uh the bus that michael myers was in crashed in the ditch and so the dad gets out to kind of investigate and he tells him to call the cops so the kid calls the cops and is reporting it he gets scared by like some banging around um but then his dad doesn't really come back and the police ask him a question and he's like oh let me find out no go get out so he gets out with the gun which is not really that bad of an idea because they're on their way hunting and he sees the police officer in the ditch and the officer is just telling him to run. And I'm like, okay, yeah, do that. Do that. <laughs> he goes up into the bus. Big mistake. Huge. Yeah. The doctor jumps out and says, don't shoot. Maybe you should say, don't shoot and then jump out. Just a thought. But he, the kid shoots Dr. Sertain, Sertain, I can never get to get it right, um, and just shoots him in the shoulder, and he gets scared and runs off. I'm like, oh, fuck. That, that scarred him for life. Well, his life's not that long, though, because he goes back to the truck, and guess who's in the back seat? Sitting in the back seat. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, the first time I saw this, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but when Michael Myers murked that kid, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, we're, we're not messing around. He gave no, no hesitation, no fucks. And honestly, I was like, well, I, I don't know what it is, but Michael Myers cannot shut a door to save his life. And I, if, if like, I know you weren't born in a barn, but he literally never shuts a door or a window that he goes through. And maybe that's the side of him that just doesn't feel compassion and thinks of others. Like, listen, you're going to run up my electricity bill. You're going to be letting all the AC out. My darn light bill. (laughs) Well, at least he's not slamming doors in houses he doesn't pay bills in. Our song is a slamming screen door. (laughs) (laughs) Not Michael Myers. Um, But yeah, kid dies. He did. Poor little kid. Um, and this is at the point where I made the note, I'm like, this movie is already 10 times better than the original. Like, we're like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, okay, I am enjoying this movie so far. Not because a child died, but because (laughs) (laughs) there's a storyline. Are you sure? sure? Maybe. But I was like, I'm like, I'm enjoying this movie. Um, and then we see that the sheriff who is the original sheriff from Halloween 1978, gets dispatched to the wreck. And when he arrives, he calls for backup, saying, officer down. And then we see, uh, it like scans over the little kid's dad and his neck. The angle... I know you haven't seen it yet, but I'm just going to say it in here and you can reference it back later. But it's like... Sasha Colby, basically. Okay. You'll once you catch up on RuPaul's Drag Race, you will understand. So the sheriff goes into the bus, and all the doctor cares about is did he escape? Bruh. How about you get some medical attention and then you worry about that later? Obsession. <sighs> Much. Maybe he should see a psychiatrist. Doctors need doctors. So go like the Sopranos. Don't know what you're referring to. Girl, you gotta watch The Sopranos. <laughs> you wanna talk about an obsession? I need to watch some more of The Sopranos. <laughs> that, we'll see. That, we'll see. My, one of my uh, group chats this morning started talking about Tony Soprano, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm awake now. I like my spidey senses are tingling. Let me talk about Daddy Soprano over here. Because mm, mm, mm. I don't think I've ever seen a, an episode of The Sopranos. I think you'd like it. It, it is a really good show. So. We are back with Aaron and Dana, our podcasters. They call themselves investigative journalists. I call them podcasters. They are not better than us. <laughs> but they are visiting the Haddonfield Cemetery. Someone is escorting them to Judith Meyer's uh, grave. The headstone has been replaced since the original, where Michael Myers like dug up the headstone. And the graveyard worker person i just made my hair worse uh mm. it's a good thing we're not a video podcast it's just gonna stay down at this point the person who works in the graveyard who escorted them to the cemetery plot was kind of saying like this is pretty much our only claim to fame in haddonfield but then she asks what's the big deal so i'm like okay well if it's your claim to fame so you know what's going on 
then why are you asking why Judith Myers is so special? But it was in the script. That way, the investigative journalists can kind of run through the plot of the first Halloween, where re the summary at the beginning of this podcast little kid kills his sister little kid turns into man little man escapes man kills more people so we've got that but then while they're telling their story we see a shape off in the distance that is michael myers and he's made his way back to Hattie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then um we're back with the cops and the sheriff they are discussing that most of the patients have been accounted for except one and they're contemplating if they should cancel halloween and all the activities and things like that because it's very obvious that michael myers will be making his way back to haddonfield it's not like he hasn't done it in 12 movies or however many Mm -hmm. there are I assume that they all, he finds his way back to Haddonfield in every single one of them. That's my headcanon. Uh, but while they're having this conversation, Michael Myers is back in the town. He has stolen another car. He has tracked the investigative journalists to a gas station where they're just filling up. They go. The girl goes inside to pee and the guy is like going inside to pay but there's the man who's at the desk Aaron walks around and sees like his jaw has been like dislocated and in the garage that's attached he finds a dead body that his like coveralls are gone so he's just wearing a tank top and underwear (laughs) Katrina wrote in her notes A.A. Ron finds the cashier and mechanic dude (laughs) uh but so we're getting the little things that the coveralls that the mechanic has worn. Where could they have gone? Hmm. And somebody is opening up the doors in the bathroom stalls, gets to where Dana is, and she's like, someone's in here. And then I had the thought, it's like, isn't it funny? Because everybody does this when they're in the bathroom. We just say, someone's in here. We're not, I mean, nobody would say like, Rachel's in here. i'm in here it's just someone but it's like we are the someone saying yeah i weird i don't know why but i panic thinking like what am i supposed to say back like when someone knocks and like sometimes i say occupied someone sometimes i'm like uh, that makes more sense than someone who yeah (laughs) so back to dana in the bathroom michael myers is trying to bang on the door get her out dana sees a hand go over the stall that she's at and it drops bloody teeth so that's pretty yucky and she freaks out and she starts climbing and like crawling underneath the stalls and then michael myers like pulls her out of one but she kicks him off gets under another one locks herself in and she's braced against the door aaron comes in because he hears her shouting and he has found these other dead bodies and then he tries to fight michael myers but unless your name is laurie strode you don't fight michael myers and win so he's dead then she's dead 
and Michael Myers goes to the trunk of their car and he puts on his mask. At last, my face is complete again. It's like his safe zone where he's like, this is where I'm home. Yeah, so I mean, he can kill without it, of course, but he's like, nah, right. like this is the look for me. This this is the preference. Yeah, uh, Katrina's note said he gets his little masky mask and all is well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's all he wanted. I'm like, done. So they go to, um, so uh, the news is covering the fact that the patient bus had wrecked lori overhears it now she is getting ready because she knows what's happening she hits a switch in her house and it moves the kitchen island it kind of swivels and it reveals like a little bunker underneath and then she just grabs her supplies and then we see karen coming home from the grocery store i assume she's carrying a paper bag and her back door is open and she starts like sliding around the house and she's like, hello, she's calling for her husband or her daughter. And then her husband does come out of the door that was open and he's like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, hold on. And then Lori like pops up from around the stairs and like holds out her a gun and she's like, bang, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> and trying to tell him like, you guys aren't prepared for what's yeah. happening. Karen and Ray just kick her out of the house. They do ask her why she's being so crazy. And Lori just starts talking about, you need to be prepared. But she's not saying Michael Myers escaped from the bus, which I think would be a very key phrase into not getting kicked out of your daughter's house. Well, and especially getting your granddaughter, uh, getting a hold of her before her phone ends up in a bowl of pudding. Just saying. Spoiler. Spoiler. We're getting it there anyway. But I think it's like everybody has that flight fright or freeze mode. Lori entered her fight mode for sure. And I was going to say with this scene, I was, I, this was my first time watching it and I was confused. I was like, oh shit, Michael Myers is in her house. And then I was like, oh, it's fucking Ray. Like fucking men. And then it was Lori and I was like, God damn it, how many times are they going to trick me into who opened this door? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it happens. So, we cut to the gas station where everybody was murdered, and um, the sheriff sees all the dead journalists, and we see, oh, it is the same sheriff. Because, like, we only got, like, a little glance of him before, but, like, this kind of, like, solidified that it is. Um, and then it's like Halloween night and there's kids walking around all over the place. Like it is popping. I will say in like the first, like the 1978 version, like Halloween night, nobody was out. Like the streets were empty. But right now there's just kids everywhere and it's like an epidemic. Um, so Michael Myers is just walking around because it's not odd for people to be wearing masks on Halloween. He runs into some kid, they get scared, but then he just walks, waltzes into an open shed, steals a hammer, and just kills a lady. Random lady. I know, he uses the hammer to go in and kill this lady who was just making herself a sandwich, and she seemed pretty pleased with it. But he kills her with a hammer and then takes the butcher knife. So He could have just taken the knife, but you know what? his arm is complete again. 
<laughs> and he walks through the house and like you hear a baby crying. And I was like, oh God, he's gonna kill the baby. But he just keeps walking. And so he he'll, just... kill, he'll kill the 10 year old, but he's like, not the baby. Yeah. The baby didn't get in his way, I guess. Um and he's such a fucking like peeping Tom. Like, so the next he like goes to a different house now that he has his knife. And it's just staring, doing the classic staring into a woman's window, watching them. And this woman's on the phone with a friend and she told her about the bus wreck and everything. And she said, I'll definitely lock my doors. (sighs) Not fast enough. Not fast enough. And your windows. Lock your doors and your windows. Yeah, because she goes over and she just like, she doesn't close the blinds. She just like puts them down, but you can still see through them. But Michael, he's already he's already there. there. Stabbed her right through the throat, and that lady, like she just flopped over. Like there was no like, <laughs> she's just yeah. like dead. <laughs> so uh, and I'm like, are people gonna think that this is a Halloween prop if they look in? Maybe unless they like actually know her. That's a good point. Um. So yeah. So now we are at the high school dance where I made my note that it's like this ripoff of the Icona pop. Like, I don't care. I love it. It's the exact same music measures and beats. And it wasn't really because like I had the captions on. So it was like saying this. And I was like, these aren't the words to this song. But I don't know what it was. And I'm like, this was like a studio movie. Like, this is a big deal. If you guys just wanted to play I Love It, you could have played I Love It. I don't know what it is thing is but that was my takeaway and the reveal is that um cameron and allison have dressed in a gender swapped body in clyde so cameron is in like a skirt and a little beret and allison is in like the big like trouser suit so <laughs> it's cute it's cute i'm just mm-hmm. a hater um and allison while at the dance sees cameron with some other girl and they kiss cameron sees allison seeing him kiss someone then he chases after her and and he's like very dismissive i don't remember like the first time i saw this i thought that he was doing like one of those like she kissed me like i don't know which is already weird but he was like you didn't see what you saw literal definition of gaslighting but it it was the way that he went about it but he offered no explanation there was no she kissed me which it looked like the girl did kiss him but it was just very odd and allison's phone starts ringing and then cameron takes out of her hand and then throws it in a big bowl of pudding yeah because he was like already tired of it because she like answered a phone call during their dance and it was like her friend Vicky who was babysitting um and like oh I'll come over later and we'll smoke weed basically uh and so he's like can you just not answer your phone and then I it looked like pudding I don't know why there was a bowl of pudding but that the the texture is what I think that it was I don't know I mean it wasn't punch right it was gelatinous in some sort. Goop. Truly. So she no longer has her phone, which is a key part of this movie. Yep. And um, 
Lori is driving around. She's listening to the police radio. She is heading over to her daughter's house. Then this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. We go to uh, where Vicky is babysitting Julian. And Vicky is one of Allison's friends. We saw her and her boyfriend, Dave, walking with Allison to school earlier. It They're nice characters. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Vicky and Julian are watching something together. Vicky, oh, Vicky was on the phone with Allison earlier saying like, are you guys going to come over so we can do a little Alakazam? She hangs up the phone and Julian's like, I know Alakazam means you guys are going to come over here and smoke weed. Like this, (laughs) this kid that she's babysitting, he is on one. Like he's basically an 80 year old man. And he said something about I should I wouldn't be over here clipping my nasty ass toenails into it. So he is just a delight. Vicky and Julian have a very good relationship. Uh, Vicky says something about how he's like her tenth favorite kid, and he's like, I thought I was a favorite, and she's like, Not anymore. You have an attitude. <laughs> so then she sends him off to bed. It's sweet. They're totally fine. Then Dave shows up. They're doing a little bit of dry humping because it's a Halloween movie. So babysitters, you know. Sex mean babysitting, having sex means you die. Yeah. So. so they're just dry humping. They don't have sex, but um they still die. And they hear Julian scream upstairs. He's running down. He's telling Vicky that like, somebody's in his closet or like in his room. Like he's super scared. Vicky thinks it's a joke. And she says that she's going to go look. And then Julian is like, no, send Dave up there. <laughs> and Dave's like, right. excuse me. <laughs> but, Sacrifice the man. I mean, for real. <laughs> um, but Vicky does go up there and she looks around and she starts pretending like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Please leave. And she puts on this whole thing and then she jumps out and scares Julian. Um, it's, it's very endearing. It makes me really like these characters. So I was very sad when you know who was in the closet and marked our girl. Yeah. And honestly, this whole time, like, so Dave just went to go smoke a cigarette or Alakazam outside while she went to investigate some spooky stuff. And I'm like, uh, bruh, really? They don't know. They don't know they're in the morning. They don't. I mean, they don't know. They don't know. Um, but I'm like, she didn't even look that well because she didn't turn the light on. And when I saw Dave outside smoking, I was like, he looks like a not as cute version of Cole Sprouse. <laughs> I don't know who the actor is, but I don't think Cole Sprouse just, is cute either. So I know that people do, but I'm like, he's less attractive than Cole Sprouse, but he kind of looks like him. So that was just kind of my note there. Um, And then he decides to like start up of the motorcycle and drop it in the fucking garage. I was like, ugh, children. Hey, those boys. things are heavy. He's so weird. But, uh... So, yeah. So... They die. Well, yeah, Dave hears Vicky scream. He goes in. Julian's running out the stairs saying, like, run away, you're gonna die! And Julian, like, don't go he up just leaves. Because he, he did try to help Vicky a little bit, but she was just like, run, run, run while she's getting stabbed good babysitter um not paid enough no not that she has anywhere to spend that money true um 
But Dave goes up and tries to help. Dead. So, sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Somebody called in a domestic disturbance at the house, um, at Julian's house. And so the sheriff arrives. And Lori also hears it because she's listening to the scanner. And when the sheriff arrives, he walks in. He kind of announces himself. He's looking around. He sees some blood. But when Lori drives up to the house, she sees kids and she's like, get out of here, run away. Like she's cause she's like, get trying to get as many people away as possible. Whereas the sheriff's trying to be like quiet about it. But when the sheriff goes upstairs into the bedroom, he sees somebody sitting in a chair with like a ghost sheet over them. And when they uncover it, it's Vicky all bloody. And R.I.P. During, yeah, during all of this, Lori is outside and she sees Michael in a window and she shoots at him. She has great aim. She's been practicing for 40 years, but it ends up being a mirror. And I thought that was a really cool, like, kind of like twist there because it was like, oh, gotcha, but not really. So Michael just walks past the bedroom that the sheriff is in. Like, he doesn't even care. Michael Myers don't give a fuck. He really doesn't. Like, the sheriff takes two shots, and I don't know what he was shooting at, but it wasn't Michael. Because it was the wall <laughs> when he was going downstairs. He was already downstairs. Um, but he gets out, Michael gets outside, and Lori shoots him in the shoulder, and he just continues walking like he didn't even stumble. Um, but the sheriff, Frank, comes up behind her and scares her, and she, like, whacks him in the face. Well, he shouldn't wow. have been staying there. Right? Like, this is a high-stress situation. Don't be sneaking up on people. But the doctor then arrives, and he's awake from his shot wound, I don't know, and uh, says that he'll keep killing. And then when he realizes that, oh, this is Laurie Strode, they he kind of, like, goes into this whole weird Fangirl speech. deal. Yeah. And then Lori basically was like, I prayed every night that he would escape so I could kill him. And the sheriff was like, well, that was a pretty dumb prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Fair. So. I think she just wants it to be over with. She's like, I just want peace. And there's no peace unless Michael's head is removed from his body. I don't think that they've tried that yet in the franchise. How do you, how do you regenerate from that? I don't know. It works it would for be, vampires. It would be like the pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean 2 where his head like falls off and it, mm. he's like a little hermit crab and he's like, eh, 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 over here, over here. <laughs> That's what uh, I think. Cut off Michael Myers' head, stick it in a fucking concrete block, like put him in some cement, let it dry, put his body in cement, let it dry, send one half of it to the other side of the world. At the bottom of the ocean. I don't care. Ocean is probably better, though. Nobody will get there. Allison and the chubby friend zone boy are, like, talking after Allison was really upset about Cameron kissing another girl. And he does this whole, like, oh, but you're so pretty. He's so lucky. He doesn't even realize. I'm like, bro, don't be trying to escape the friend zone literally within an hour of her being heartbroken. Come on now. Have some class. 
And like we're kind of going back and forth a little bit here, but like we go back to the doctor who is contemplating if like Michael Myers's murders are random or if they're actually like driven by something. And when he was talking to the sheriff, the sheriff was basically like back in the day, like our job was just to hunt him down. The doctor makes the comment that Michael is property of the state and must not be harmed. And this was kind of like a red flag for me. And I was like, fuck off. Like this dude is murdering people, kill him and then submit his brain to science. If you really want to study him any even further, because he's not saying anything. He's not helping you. That's why he's going to a different facility. My rant is over. Um, I was like, Katrina has thoughts. <laughs> We've also got yeah. the um, scene where Lori now shows up at her daughter's house again. And she's with cops this time. And they're all talking about how they're trying to get a hold of Allison because Michael Myers has escaped. He's out. He's killing people. And they need to find Allison so that they can go somewhere safe. And Allison's phone is in a bowl of pudding. And that helps nobody. So then we go back to Allison, who, after she had turned down the friend, she left the yard that they were cutting through. And homeboy, he was drunk. He saw Michael Myers off in the corner, but he didn't realize who it was. And he just started complaining about, like, like, I just wanted to, like, I like this girl. You ever like a girl? And it just doesn't go your way. And uh, Michael Myers kills him and (laughs) kind of hangs his body up through the little fence gate thing uh, of this house. And then Allison tries to go back because she felt bad about leaving him. But then she just finds his body. So she runs around and she tries to find help. And then she knocked on some door and then they took her in and then the police find her. So now the family is um, going to be reunited, except that doesn't happen. Because, and I love like in the part where the kid is trying to escape Michael Myers, his like cape gets caught at the bottom of the fence, and that's why he can't jump over. And in my head, the whole time, I was thinking Edna Mode, like where she's like, no capes. <laughs> this is why. This is why you don't wear capes. We go back to Lauren. Lauren. Jesus Christ. I combined Allison? Lori. No, I combined Lori and Karen. Oh, well, that's kind of Lauren. It does, right? It's, I really like name. the name Lauren. It is a good name. I like Lauren. It's, it's a nice name. So we go back to Lori screaming at Karen, which I can't blame her because like she tried to like warn her and she's kind of just like fed up and she's like, I'm like, I can't do much else at this point. Like she's trying to do everything and Karen is just freaking out and she just needs her to chill the fuck out. So Karen, Lori and Ray are actually now at Lori's bunker. Did I say Lauren again? No, you said Lori. Okay, I did. So they're now at Lori's bunker place. And um, they go down into the basement. And Ray is kind of, like, confused and concerned. And when they get down there, it looks like, you know, just a basic prepper basement. Where it's, like, got canned food, tons of guns, a place to sleep, all the stuff. Um, 
And she starts, Lori starts passing out guns and giving her little speech on like, this is what this gun is for. This is what this one is for. And has her little monologue moment. Um, and we go back to the sheriff, the doctor, and Allison, who is in the backseat of the cruiser. So it's like the caged area where like you can't open it from the outside. And the sheriff find, sees Michael Myers and just mows him down with his car, which good for him. But I was worried for a minute that like it wasn't going to actually be Michael. Like it was just going to be a random person who dressed up like him, which I'm guessing in this universe, nobody dresses like Michael Myers. Um, I don't know. Because I didn't, they could have well, used that, but. Spoiler alert, that happens in Terrifier 2. Oh, there we go. So there are fucked up people in yeah. things like that who will take. I mean, wasn't it last year or maybe it was a year before something like there was a thing about people dressing up like Dahmer because of the show yeah. that came out. And it's like, uh, no. Well, and I'm like, there's still people who are alive that are victims that survived. I'm like, imagine someone like, yeah, it's, there's boundaries that shouldn't be crossed because there's no need to do it. But anyway, it was Michael. The sheriff is trying to shoot him to kill Michael because like this would be the moment to do it. He's knocked out. He's unconscious. And the doctor is standing over Michael with a pen and he clicks it and a, like a scalpel comes out and he just stabs the sheriff in the ear, killing the sheriff. And then he puts on Michael's mask. He's like, so this is what it feels like. So this this is the moment we find out. He's the doctor crazy. is insane. And I, it brought me back to kind of like a little the Joker and Harley Quinn moment where like the doctor falls in love with the crazy person and becomes crazy themselves. See? Feminine qualities. He what about is all Harley- the people he murdered? What murder? <laughs> He's just a not hot Harley Quinn. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> He's just a guy. And not a badass. He's literally just like a guy. <laughs> yeah, but this was fucking insane. And though, so Allison's now, stuck in this car, and the doctor puts Michael Myers in the back seat with her. The fucking audacity! Like, if you love him so much, you put him in the front seat with your ass, not well, in the back with an okay. innocent girl. He knew she was dangerous. So, or he, the doctor knew Michael was dangerous. I know. I was so, like, the fear she had to feel. Well, and, like, Michael's unconscious, and Allison is, like, slunked up against the, her side of the car door, and she tells um, the doctor that Michael, like, stirred and whispered something to her, and if he pulls over the car, she'll tell him what he said. So the doctor pulls over right away because they're on their way to Lori's mm-hmm. house. And um, he's like, what was the name? Was it the sister? And she like makes a weird face and he's like, was it Judith? And then it just like wakes Michael Myers up. Like hearing his sister's name was like. Brr. So, yeah. And then he like. He did the one a stranger calls move from under the bridge. He just like kicks his feet back and then just pushes the <laughs> police gate forward on the doctor. And mm-hmm. I don't remember how they got out of the back seat. Well, he basically 
well, from what I remember, like he kicked the gate down and like slammed his the doctor's head into the steering wheel, mm-hmm. which like opened it up. So like they just crawled out through the driver's door through the front. Okay. Because Michael drags him onto like the street and is standing over him for a little while and just and in the, while this is all happening Allison like runs into the woods which is honestly her best option at this point because I don't think she can see the police cruiser that's down the road. I don't think they have like their lights on or anything. Well yeah because she there's... doesn't know where she is. She's just scared so she just I mean. Books it. While he's distracted, good for her. Yeah, she doesn't stick around for the monologue that doesn't come. Yeah, and Michael does, like, the ultimate all-time curb stomp on the doctor's face and just, it's mush. There's nothing left. That man. I mean, that's just the thing about Michael Myers. He has strength. He a strong boy. Could he open all of my pickle jars, please? (laughs) what would i have to do to like earn his trust and be like can you please open this jar for me oh god i'm the doctor (laughs) (laughs) you'd probably have to like offer up sacrifices hey daddy (laughs) no do i michael myers (laughs) i mean at least he's not gonna like be annoying and talk too much and say stupid things oh my god the literal grumpy sunshine (laughs) and completely silent and stoic meat it could work well oh and he's old too you know what i think i love a new man (laughs) (laughs) oh god like i said all the people we're not supposed to like rachel loves (laughs) i can't help it it's britney spears's fault Toxic? Are you talking about that song? (laughs) Mama, I'm in the criminal. Oh, okay. (laughs) That song's been popping up a lot. I was like, you know what? It's her fault. I blame Britney. Leave Britney alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's too good. Um, Anyway, so... Allison has run off in the woods and Karen is in the basement. So we're all on the property now. Um, Nobody knows that Allison is there, but Allison is running and eventually will make her way towards the house. Karen realizes that her mom wanted Michael to come to the house and to like draw him out there. Ray goes outside to check on the police cruiser guys because he's a nice person but right it is revealed now that michael myers has gotten to those policemen and they're uh dead and one cop in the driver's seat is holding the head of the other cop who has the flashlight like shoved up like where his neck would have been to be like a jack-o'-lantern but my thought is like because it's like empty in there so I'm like that's what I'm saying like Michael took the time time. (laughs) Michael took the time to like get out like the brain and guts and everything else to for a bit 
Man. I mean, he took his sister's gravestone in the first one. How inconvenient could that possibly get to up to dig up a gravestone, carry it around, and then put it on a headboard? Like, and then he hung up the one kid. Like, he's he he has his little like creative moments. He created a copper lantern, like. <laughs> <laughs> how does he come up with these things i don't, I don't know care. man but you know what he commits to the you know all we're doing is just adding qualities of michael myers <laughs> i am attracted to uh, i've seen the the movie a few times and i'm like you are so boring but i guess when i dissect i'm like hey wait a minute what honestly you- it's one too many arts and crafts moments in the psych ward <laughs> <laughs> that's really it movies make the psychos more creative <laughs> exactly too many movie nights too many craft nights yeah oh, Crazy oh no katrina made a note ray is killed by michael but we didn't like him anyway oh i was sad when he died i didn't care he he loved his family in his weird little munchkin way and i mean it's sad dead. for i was sad for allison and karen because they were losing a father and a husband but in the grand scheme of things i didn't care about ray i never did i never loved him anyway Lori is looking out of the window and she sees michael outside and yells at karen to get into the basement and karen like was like where's ray but then never really asked about it again which well, in that instance, I would be like, listen, I need to find my spouse before I go into this fucking basement. So I would have been murdered myself. Oh, Just saying. That you love Yuri. Um, I would be like, bye. <laughs> Fair enough. If you knew Cinnamon was out there, you would look for her before going to that basement. I would never have let Cinnamon out. I love Karen him. goes to the basement. I would put her um, in like one of those little baby backpacks. She oh, hated, but I'm like, nope, that's it. <laughs> we're together uh so Lori like braces herself up against like she puts this giant metal bar up against her front door and like is leaning up against no she's like peeping out the glass which is like not easy to look out of because it's like angled um which if this is her security bunker why she has a door with glass in it i don't know it doesn't because they sense. use that shot in the trailer so we needed to see something i guess but so michael in all his glory strength breaks through and just starts like choking her through the door like through the glass door it's crazy picked her up even crazy stuff Hot. but she is like trying to get her shotgun turned around so that like to get a shot off at him, but he grabs the end, which is dumb on his part. And she shoots off like the last two fingers of his hand. After all that, Lori goes down into the basement with Karen and turns on the spotlights um, as Michael is coming through the front door. And she shoots up like through the basement floor. And I'm like, do you want him to know where you are? Because that doesn't make sense to me. Thing. And I'm like, you're also creating a peephole for a peeping Tom. Make it make sense. But she basically was like, I have to finish this. And so 
She lives in the basement. Lori runs off, gets Karen in the basement, and then we cut outside to Allison, who has stumbled upon the shooting range, and the floodlights have gone on, so all she sees are these distorted, ugly, dirty mannequins, and it's very creepy. It was a really well-done shot. I would have started crying and throwing up right there. I'm like, just, just take me now. I don't want to deal <laughs> I, with it anymore. I would just become a mannequin and then hide, like camouflage yourself with the mannequins. Yeah. It's probably yeah. safer in the woods than at the house right now. Yeah, but it's a horror movie. So what do we got to do? Investigate. Obviously. And then uh, Michael left Allison a good blood trail to follow to get her into the house. And Lori is running around securing all of the rooms. So she's going in them, looking in every nook and cranny. When she's cleared the room, she pulls down like a little security gate. Mm -hmm. So like that room is good. Then she goes into a room that has more mannequins, supplies. And who was hiding in the closet? Well, okay. I was stressed out in this moment because I was like oh my god what if her granddaughter is in there like hiding and she just starts blasting into the closet and it's her granddaughter but she is level headed and Lori Strode yes so she opens it and little Ray Bay is curled up in the closet dead dead. and I was (laughs) when I watched this I was like oh Michael's in the closet again and I put hashtag gay icon (laughs) and (laughs) But it wasn't him. So anyway. And like they built up so much tension with this scene because like she's trying like she's getting closer to the mannequins to like check and see if Michael's behind any of them. And in my opinion, he's larger than these mannequins. So I don't know how he's hiding behind one. It makes no It was in the script. The physics on this, like I don't understand. But who am I? Right. So he comes from out behind a mannequin. I don't know how to spell that word. So I just put that in there because I know Rachel will probably judge me for it. Um, and they fight. I I knew it didn't. Um, so they start fighting and he ends up pushing her and like throwing her off the balcony. And like now they're even. They've thrown each other off of a balcony. (laughs) It's always a balcony with these two, I swear. Um, and she does the the Michael trick where when he looks away, she runs off and like she's not there anymore. But during all of this, Allison shows up and she starts kind of like calling out. And I'm like, oh, God, please don't do that. Um, and then Karen opens up the basement island door, gets Karen, uh, gets Allison into the basement with her. And Michael kind of like hears something moving, so he goes to investigate. Um, Everyone's he... stupid. They're all investigating. <laughs> Just stop investigating. Um, and because he lost his knife, he grabs the fire poker, which is always a good choice. Hashtag when a stranger calls. <laughs> Hashtag Friday the 13th. <laughs> Hashtag Halloween. Um, and they like Michael is like trying to break the kitchen island 
And this whole time, I'm like, get your freaking gun, Karen. Like, what are you doing? And so finally, there's a gun that says, like, KS etched into it. And she grabs it. And um, Michael finally gets it, gets the island broken off. And this this scene, I really liked because it it convinced me. And I was like, oh, shit. So, like, if there's nobody there, and then finally Michael shows up at the top of the stairs, and Karen is panicking, she's crying, she's calling out for her mom, like, I can't do it, I can't do it. So that kind of, like, I think plays into Michael's psyche of, like, oh, this will be easy. And then as soon as he, like, shows his face fully, she's like, gotcha, and shoots him straight in the fucking head. Oh, it was so great. The first time I saw it, I was like, hurrah! Like, good for her. Like, it paid off. I was like, listen, you did not go through all that childhood trauma to bitch out right now and not be a badass bitch. Oh, man. Honestly, like, a great final girl in her own right. Karen. You're the only Karen in the world I like because you're Judy Greer. You're the best. Um, yeah, Yeah, and then we get the like reverse from the first movie where Michael like appeared in a little shadow behind Lori in the house. So when Karen shoots Michael, then we see Lori behind Michael and she stabs him. He falls down into the bunker. Lori gets Karen and Allison like to come up the stairs. They pull Allison out first. Then Michael does his little setup thing. Great apps. And he grabs Karen. Then they're able to get Michael off of her. And then, badass of the century. They, like, hit some button. And then a bunch of metal bars go over the thing. And then Karen is explaining to Allison that, like, the little bunker was never, like, a safe house thing, like, for them. Like, it's never, it's not a cage. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. And then Lori goes and like pulls out like this big, like it's not dynamite, but like a long candlestick or like something. It's one of the like flare. It's a flare. I think. Flare. That's it. I'm like, it's not dynamite, but it's not a candle. <laughs> it's somewhere in between. Right. Right. Yeah, and she basically, and then a bunch of like gas, like pipes start like putting out gas and everything. And she has her little, like, happy Halloween, Michael. I don't know if she says that. He just stands there. He's standing there, and he's, like, you you only see his eyes, like, through the mask. And he's just, like, you motherfucker, bitch, you motherfucker, motherfucking bitch. (laughs) And he's just standing there, like, nothing about the environment is getting to him. It's a really cool shot, but he's Michael Myers, so, like, he's invincible. And then all the girls run out. Allison flags down a truck that was passing by and then they all get in the bed of it like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then they're off staring into the distance while Lori's house explodes the end yeah and like Allison is she's in the back of the like the bed of the truck but she still has like a death grip on that knife so she's like I'm like you're you're okay now but like you told oh, me, Grandma, trauma, get, trauma, baby. Get, why can't you just get over it, Allison? 
<laughs> did you watch through the credits i think so the to the very end maybe i don't know it's i mean i always watch all the way through the end of the credits um and then because at that point when i saw it when it came out and everything it kind of all seems really final but then at the very end of the credits you just hear michael's little Hmm. and we're like ah motherfucker and then i like a little bit after that they announced that there was going to be a sequel so i was like michael myers never dies michael myers never dies and you know that just triggered something for me because like in the first one the breathing was so overdone just like the music and it like i hated heavy breathers in high school and like I'm traumatized by my history class because I was trapped in between like two or three heavy breathers and I hated every minute of it. So this, the first movie was uh, tough for me with all the breathing. I'll stop breathing if it bothers you. Thanks. So that's Halloween. I think, yeah, I think the new one is way more interesting, especially to talk about the first one is just, it's so basic, great for its time, respect, cool bye um i we i we made like talking points about like trauma how it affects you as a person it's generational we talked about obsession but it's it's kind of just life and and how things happen and and different choices will affect everyone around you i think I did not really like Halloween Kills when I saw it, but then when I was watching Halloween again, and I was seeing things that kind of set up, because Halloween Kills kind of covers some of the same timeline, but then like just the next full day. So it's like that the two movies happen within like a three or four day span of each other. Which is... Yeah, pretty cool and I'm not gonna tell you something that happens in the next one because I think it'll piss you off I when I got done watching the 2018 Halloween Halloween 2 came on as like a recommended next one so it started playing um so I saw like the first like 10 or 15 minutes of it but then I didn't like it anymore so I just stopped (laughs) but I um I wish that the movies would go into more of like the Michael lore just because like he's such a key I mean he is the key to these Halloween movies like he only kills on Halloween night he's insanely strong like supernatural strong he never dies like I what is the deal like do explain something like just anything anything would be better than nothing like i guess that's my only complaint about halloween is like i like details and i think that the 2018 halloween had so many more details and like intricacies in the movie than the 1978 which is a given because horror movies back then didn't have to be you know full circle refined and make sense they just needed to be scary and people die yeah i mean it's the baseline of all the slashers so like that's the thing it's like i would rather watch this new one because it's more engaging to me because like the first one 
today like i saw you took notes so i'm like i've seen this movie i'm not taking notes on it and i was just like blah, 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 blah. and i was like okay dead 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 and yeah. that's a really great point that you made it's like there's all this death that's happening when nobody knows or cares mm-hmm. so it doesn't affect the characters so it doesn't affect us like even if you take scream everybody was finding out about the murder so everybody was included in the tension about it so i thought that was really great um some fun facts maybe for you to have the line in the original where Lori tells the two little kids to run down the street to the mckenzie's for help they mm-hmm. use that in scream in the beginning when uh drew barrymore's dad tells his wife to go down the street to the mckenzie's oh i do so, remember you mentioning that during the scream episode yeah and billy loomis named after dr loomis who was named after sam loomis from psycho i really like jamie lee curtis in this i think that she is baller yeah i liked her i mean obviously i liked her better in the 2018 version because she's a badass and she's not you know a defenseless teenage girl anymore well i don't even think in the first one is that Lori is unlikable or anything i really just think it comes down to like direction mm-hmm. because these like half hits and then just staying there with your back to the killer like even when she stabbed michael in the living room with like the little knitting needle and then she takes his knife she just sits there and like lays her head on the couch yeah like she doesn't regard the I fact mean, that there are two children in that house and and, and no woman would do that no, no woman would ever do and that. i and i made the note i'm like uh first of all either get up or double tap like <laughs> yeah it, it's like, not you know just because it was made in the 70s doesn't mean that people weren't smart so right. it's just a really interesting thing that you know we have all these like formulas and stuff like that but like i refuse to believe that nobody would do anything um, but i i think it was key to watch the first movie to understand halloween 2018 because like i think you could watch the 2018 version and like get the gist of it honestly i don't think you have to watch it but i mean there are parts that are helpful to have to know well and we didn't really touch on this while we're talking about it but there are a lot of characters and things like that that are interwoven like ray at that family dinner he talks about so cameron is lonnie's son um and like who that is and that's like a person who's around um so like there are characters and like different events and references to some of the other movies but at the baseline it's really just about Lori. so i didn't feel like it was super important to mention but like it is there yeah so i think that it's nice that anybody could watch halloween 2018 and follow along without having to watch the 1978 version what else would you like to mention do you have next month's movie in mind i was thinking about it um i recently rewatched silent hill and i was like that movie is just has a lot of details to it that i think it would be a really long episode for me uh like i would talk too much oh um 
I've been seeing a lot of like Five Nights at Freddy's recently, but I've never watched it. Have you seen it? No, there's a new one coming out, but there is an old one. Okay. I was like, I didn't, I've seen a lot of it, like commercials and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I would like that or not. I want to see it. I, I need to see the first one first, but I, I want to. I like Josh Hutcherson yeah. and I like Matthew Lillard. So honestly, I don't know. Cause like November really, t- like, I'm sure there's a Black Friday. There right? is. I think, that, I think there's a Black Friday movie that came out last year. There's that one. There's one called Thanks Killing that I've never seen. Really? I don't, I'm not watching. So basically, what we're saying is we don't know what movie we're going to do for November, but we gave you two in October. So get off our backs. <laughs> we will figure it out. It, probably won't even be holiday related at this point it just may be whatever we want to do because we've done two in a row that we didn't even want to so you're welcome we appreciate you listening we hope you enjoyed it please enjoy Uh, this musical interlude We look forward to your feedback. We encourage it. Let us know. If yeah, please give us any feedback. Let us know that anyone is even listening to us. Are you out there? We'll catch you on the flip side. On the flippity flop. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our episode and we look forward to hearing from you. Find us on Twitter or Instagram to request a movie or even just to discuss your thoughts at booze and boobs or send us an email booze and boobs at gmail.com. Yeah. And we're working on turning this into a thing. So if you can please follow us on Patreon, our account there is booze and boobs also. And what are some of the benefits to joining our Patreon? Oh, Katrina, I am so glad that you asked. As a patron, you will get early release episodes, bloopers, uh, mini episodes where we showcase uh, scenes from the movies that we're talking about or just conversations that we're having that we had to cut from our recording. All that and more. And they're fun tiers. You can be an A cup, a C cup, or you can join the Triple D Plus group like us. We truly appreciate your support and we look forward to growing our following to create more content for listeners like you. So we'll see you next time or else. Yeah, let's end it with a threat.